If not, we can just talk about tampons. Yes, um, cool. Let's talk about tampons. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm Laura. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the Tarrier Tampon. <laughs> Children. Oh, it's just worse. Uh, yes, everyone, how are we? Uh, Laura, why don't you go first and just tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. And I, I, I mean, I'm assuming kind of everyone knows who you are because we talk about you enough. So... Yeah, yeah I think it's I think it's my third time on the show, right? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we. Yeah. So thanks for having me. First of all, um, I'm fine. I uh, I just drove to the studio this morning, and we had a crazy amount of snow overnight, and um, I barely got here. So I think I will stay. Oh, really? because I don't think I can go back to Cologne. It's like the street were covered in ten centimeters of snow. Oh and I was just shit! Sliding over the autobahn. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. So I would stay here. I feel like I'm snowed in. I yeah. might watch The Shining. <laughs> yeah. um, and other than that, I'm fine. I'm really fine. Uh, yeah. So many things changed, um, but everything feels the same. And I think that's good, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> How are you I guys? Think, I don't think it's atypical, but... Um... I don't I don't know what seems different. You've you've been just cracking on projects recently. Or maybe yeah. you're just like posting more often. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I I've can seen I can tell you what it is. I hired my best friend and now she does yeah. all the shit that I didn't want to do for the past <laughs> six or five years. It's insane. It's really insane how much more it's not only um the time that I don't have to spend talking to an accountant, talking to sponsors, spending on my computer. It's also the, I'm really bad. You guys all know this from the Plan Makers <laughs> event. I'm very bad at structuring things and communication <laughs> with other people in general. So, and I know that I'm bad at this, but it's a big part of my job. So. Mm. Do you know this feeling when you know you did something not really good and then you feel a little bit bad about it and it's like a, a little bit of pressure on your stomach? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I had that for six years and now it's gone. Oh, and it's so awesome. good. Yes, it's so oh. good. <laughs> so is she like literally just doing all of, is it just like admin stuff or is it mm -hmm. admin and making or? No, she's not a maker. She's not in the shop at all, which is oh, cool. really, really cool because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like to be alone in the shop and she's yeah. not interested in that. Um, yeah, she's just like taking care of things That's and awesome. doing all the stuff that I that I don't want to do dealing yeah. with because we're, we're doing new merch. Like we, we closed the old shop. And I have new uh, people I want to work with. Um, the merch will all be made in Portugal. You can go there, watch the people do it. And it's like awesome. super fair, super transparent. And that's just a lot of communication. Takes a lot of time setting everything up, yeah. building a new website, building a new shop. She's taking care of all of this and I have nothing to do with it. It's so freaking so cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so she was your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually... I think we've been friends for 15 years now, maybe even more. Yeah, oh, wow. And she's had the same job for all of this time. Like no the way. same job. Yeah. So she's very consistent. She's very good at just 
like she can find pleasure in doing whatever she doesn't yeah. care as long as she has something to do and as long as she has a job she's just very easy to work with but yeah. um yeah that i think that's her superpower she doesn't care if she's going to the post office buying stamps or ordering stuff or yeah. uh, like sweeping the floor she it's just no i'm having a good time everything is cool so she's well, the best person to be around in the shop yeah. that's I, cool. I feel like every maker needs a friend or employee like that because yeah. yeah everyone i know has the same problem exactly and that's the problem because a lot of people offered or asked if i could work with me but they're all makers mm. and i don't need help building stuff i need help with everything else <laughs> like building stuff i don't need help with <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's good it's it's really cool and we have the same weird thing about being okay with eating the same thing every day, wearing the same clothes every day. So we've been yeah. eating potatoes for three weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> every time, the like every day, the same time, same recipe, just oven potatoes. We're always wearing the same sweater. Like she's, she wears the same sweater than like me. Like it's the same thing. Everything is the same. It's so good. It gives me so much confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> Brilliant. That's that's made my week. <laughs> but how are you guys doing? I'm good. Well, I'll tell you what, Brett, how are you? Seeing as we've woken you up and kind of ambushed you with Laura. Well, that's all right. <clears throat> worth worth waking up for. I wish you would have told me so I wouldn't have seemed like even more of a grumpus than usual. Um honestly, this week has been just full and all positive things. I've been very uh I don't know. I've I've had a great week, even though I haven't actually made a lot of stuff. Yeah. And most of that's uh based on the going out to San Diego to help this family of a recently passed maker. Um the father, if if anybody was following on Instagram, the father who is a machinist and gunsmith had this beautiful beautiful shop that Laura, you, you would have died to just be in there. Um, and I, when I talked to Jimmy, I just showed him around the shop on FaceTime and he was like, Oh my God, I wish you guys were closer. I want to buy the whole shop. Um, they got in contact with us. The family got in contact with us by way of Ben and they are not makers and had no idea what to do with the workshop, yeah. but they're also dealing with some pressure from, um, uh, the county or the state or whatever, where the house needs to be renovated. And I'm not sure if it's like a foreclosure situation, but they're, they're kind of in a rush, but they don't want the beautiful machines to just go to the scrapyard. That said, they had no, um, connections to the maker world or anybody that would use these machines. So Jess and I went out and cleaned and organized and tried to get everything a bit back in order and then utilizing social media to connect to the maker community. We have now some people lined up. We had an amazing young lady show up uh, the second day that we were there who happened to be a follower and showed up wearing one of my forged pendant necklaces, Steve. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Uh, she got out like a bandit and filled up her entire SUV. Um, <laughs> She's a prop maker and also does some, she's learning gunsmithing. So it worked really well for her. Nice. Uh, and we filled up her truck and, you know, everyone's, <clears throat> everyone's like 
kind of donating money for what they're getting uh, so that the family can help fund the renovation of the space. But he had a 10-foot monarch lathe, which probably weighs 4,000 pounds. And now we have a guy going to see it because we had no idea how to get rid of it. And the guy's like, "This is I've been looking for this machine for so long. Um, the bridge port, of course, everybody was freaking out about the bridge port. Yeah. And then did you see the drill press that I yes. was throwing up? Chris Cash was like, take it home with you. I yeah. don't care how you have to do it, but take well, it home. So that was the thing is I I uh, I spoke to Chris Cash uh, a couple of days ago and we were both saying like, I don't know why Brett is letting other people have all this stuff. Like, why are you not just putting it all in the back of your truck and taking it all home? You remember I have a 120 square foot workshop for myself You live in right California, now. you could literally leave it outside and it will be fine. There is no <sighs> moisture there. You live in a desert. Uh, it, there's snow on the ground outside, Steve. It's, it's wetter in my workshop than it is in my yard. <laughs> it's it's wetter in my living room than it is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but without going into a bunch of details, it was it it just felt really good. You know, it's yeah. it's the maker community helping out these people that otherwise had no connection to it. And it's been really nice talking to the daughter, who's the main contact we have with the family. <clears throat> And all day yesterday, she was sending me photos to go, this guy wants this box of stuff. How much should I ask him for? And I'd be like, $40. Like, it's not a big deal. You know, what he's getting is, yes, of course, worth more than that. But who's going to buy four taps, a reamer bit, you know, a couple rolls of tape and some yeah. other stuff. And so she she just feels really nice because all of this stuff is going to good homes and we're able to make the connections and kind of be intermediaries <clears throat> for these folks. But I'm really excited because we have a father and son team that might be coming from Arizona to pick up one of the lathes and like people are, you know, it's, it's just pretty amazing to see how social media works and, and yeah. uh, make these connections with the people. So that was super nice. Uh, I got home late two nights ago, whatever. And then, uh, had planned on doing a little smithing session with, uh, a guy I've gone and done a couple of, like a hammer in with, and I went out to a shop. He's like an hour and a half away, but I picked up uh, a new guy via social media. who's a semi local, like 30 minutes away from me. We'd never met before. I picked him up and we carpooled out there and then just had an entire day in the forge making weird stuff. I worked with bronze for the first time, Steve, which was super interesting. And Laura, have you turned bronze or done any kind of machining with bronze? Nope. Nope. God, it is a super strange material. And like, I thought it would be more similar to brass, but isn't, isn't bronze brass and copper together or something. Is that what it is, Steve? I really, I really don't know. Yeah, it's got yeah. it's it's basically brass but with something else added into it and because brass is uh I can't remember the, the compositions of it all now, <laughs> but it's like a, a half a percentage difference in one material or the other, and all of a sudden the properties completely change. Yeah, because yeah. we we took a piece of brass, got it kind of hot, put it underneath one of the forge presses, and it just crumbled. Yeah. And then with the bronze, we did the exact same thing, and you squish it, and it just is clay. It just squishes, <laughs> and it's super malleable. Um, I started work on a 13-pound uh, sledgehammer last night, which yeah. is kind of silly because <laughs> it's a lot of steel to move. And the biggest billet I've ever messed around with, which was super fun. 
Um, <clears throat> aside from that, it, I feel like the uh, the stuff out in San Diego and helping with the machine shop was the bulk of the week because we had a couple of days of setup and now we're just still dealing with trying to help with uh, logistics for those folks. I think we're actually going to end up making one more trip out there just to help them kind of finalize everything yeah. uh, this coming week. But feels good. Feels good. Lots of stuff going on, but I will probably forever go out of my way to make sure that, you know, machines go to the right places. And <laughs> even if I don't own them, I will make sure they don't go to a scrapyard. Yeah, definitely. You're helping the family out. You get to feel good about helping the people. You know what I mean? Something so drunk then. Um, that, must have, that must have been a crazy time in East Germany after the wall fell and all the oh companies God, yeah. went out of business and they had the machines just standing outside on the street. Like yeah. I only ever hear stories about it, obviously. I wasn't there, but it must have been insane. Yeah. I mean, how did you source your uh, lathe, Laura? The lathe I, I have? Yeah, yeah I can't was, remember where you got that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I found it on eBay. It was the lathe and the bridge port. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it was like a double double deal, or the guy had more tools, but I asked him about a cool price for both of those machines. And I bought it, but I wasn't there when it got delivered. I was in America. So my neighbor <laughs> let this guy in. He dropped these huge machines off. I came back uh, from the trip. And the bridge port was missing the, like all the electronics, like the whole fuse box. It was all gone. Oh, so really? it was basically worth worthless. It was a piece of shit. So I wrote him like, dude, that's not cool. He never got back to me. It's like the eBay thing. Yeah. The things your parents warn you about, right? <laughs> and then um, when we moved here, I think you guys were there. When we moved here in the new shop, all of a sudden, there was this dude on a on a motorcycle with leather pants, yes. and he came in and said, "Like yes. I'm Mpunkt. I heard your thing is broken." I was like, "I don't know who you are, but yes." And then he fixed it, and now like Mpunkt comes by every now and then. We we like to work together, and he helped me figure out the copper thing for the new project. Yeah, but yeah, he he fixed the bridge port and everything. He's he's the best. Yeah. I do remember that. There was just like a technician there. <laughs> yeah, it was so strange. I'm Mpunkt. I heard your bridge port is broken. <laughs> How did you hear that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but okay, come in. Like, there are 20 uh, people here anyways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool, he's a good right? dude. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, awesome. Um, but no, it, it's good that you're uh, you're kind of helping find those, a new home for those, all those machines, man. So good work on that. Uh, Al... Mm. You beautiful <laughs> man, you. Uh, what about How you? long is your hair? Can you show us? Oh, it's long. dude, that's long. Almost yeah. boob length. See, almost got boob length. Mine's now down to the point where it's literally below my ass. Which is, uh... Hair is measured anatomically by root yeah. parts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, Brett is Brett's Brett. pulling it down to his nipple. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I got the shortest hair out of all of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, Al, other than uh, having glorious, luscious locks, what have you come to? Um, so yesterday I made one of those fatal mistakes of agreeing to help out a friend with some DIY. <laughs> it, it was like um the the exact quote was can i borrow your circular saw i need to install some cupboards 
So I'm not, I, I was a bit wary to begin with. Yeah. So I get to his house, and all he has is an entire full sheet of 18 mil plywood, and that's it. <laughs> and like the really shitty kind, like the cheap, like big yeah. box store kind. So not like nice Baltic birch. So it's all over yeah. the place. It's curved in every possible direction. It was like a, a hyperbolic paraboloid. Um, <laughs> and it was it was he's like yeah i need you to install like cupboard doors and shelves I was like, okay <laughs> so and this wouldn't fit up the stairs so this entire sheet so we had, and we couldn't cut it to size because it's like a 200 year old house so every wall yeah. in the it's, house was out yeah. by like at I least thought. three inches in every dimension <laughs> so, so we couldn't just measure go downstairs cut it and bring it up we had to keep like scribing stuff and taking it down and and i'm cutting this huge sheet in like a, a four-year-old's bedroom while she's <laughs> running around in the bedroom <laughs> i didn't sign up for this um but i eventually managed to ha- and i you know there's no hinges or anything so i'm i've i've got like an old the bag of hinges that you sent oh yeah the hinge bag and then i've got there's some old like euro hinges from some cabinets in there and i'm trying to fit this cupboard door on it's just like fucking nightmare. um <laughs> So it's incredibly stressful. In in get this right, in the corridor in his house with no light. There is what? there wasn't a light fixture in the corridor. It's like, how have you got an entire building, an entire room in your house that doesn't have a light? He's like, Yeah, I keep getting around to fixing that. <laughs> not, not fixing it, there just isn't one. <laughs> so if you if you're walking down that room in the dark, you basically have to have another light on somewhere in the house. Yeah. <laughs> That, so, that thing of having to open one door, like run down, open the other door, turn the yeah. light on, run back, close the first. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. So that this, what I essentially thought was like, can I? Can you come and cut some wood for me? Became, can you spend like a day at my house? <laughs> really stressfully getting hot and bothered. Um, yeah. That was yesterday, but I managed to counteract that with a really productive start to um, a project this year. Nice. So the project is called Project. Which is kind of a Dutch combination of sandwich and project. I don't know if uh, project translates very well, um, Laura, to German. It, it does. Work. It does actually surprisingly well. So um, yeah, so it's a project about sandwiches, uh, which like sounds really trivial. But I think any listeners to the show will know sandwiches have a, a very special place in our hearts. <laughs> um, but I then it, it kind of I started to realise that they do for a lot of people. And it sounds like a really simple thing, but I think a lot of people have really nice stories about members of their family that might have made sandwiches for them, or when they were kids, they had, and, you know, and they kind of it transports you to a place. Um, yeah. And just starting to hear all these kind of makers' different recipes and particulars about the type of bread and the kind of the the, the order in which you do things and the correct amounts of everything and all the seasonings and stuff, it, I was starting to get really excited about it. So I've, I've essentially just started to ask people their stories around different sandwiches from from around the world, from all our community. Yeah. Um, and it's turning into a really fun project and just getting people's takes on things. So I'm going to take all that in and then um, I'm not quite sure how it's going to end up, whether it's going to become like a, a recipe book or like a beautiful picture book um, or maybe some illustrations or something. Yes. Um, but already the the story side of it is, is super exciting. So project awesome. is is cool. on its way <laughs> man that, yeah that that sounds incredible i'm super excited about that i and so i've got... Laura, if you have any yeah i'm thinking about incredible it but... 
interesting, delicious sandwich recipes are. Yeah, you oh, can make as well. Somebody have just some guys have just come back with like three ingredients. Like, yeah. you know, this is it has to be this exact bread. It has to be this exact, you know, salami. Yeah. Laura's, Laura's yeah. recipe starts by baking a bunch of potatoes. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I was gonna say potatoes. <laughs> and then yeah, and I mean, I will have a sandwich face in my life. I can see it coming. But the time is not now. Okay. <laughs> right now, it's potatoes. Yeah. Potatoes, <laughs> it's fine. Oh, I love it. But yeah, that, it, that sounds super interesting. And and without meaning to sound like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, like I can definitely see you having a lot of fun with coming up with different ideas based around that single subject. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with that. That's awesome. Yeah, nice. There's actually a, a cool thing in Cologne. Um do you know the half chicken sandwich? Like it's more like a oh, it's more gosh. like a bread kind of thing. No. It's a huge it's a huge confusion especially for tourists because it's a it's a cologne specialty and it's called translated half a chicken. But what you get is a very very dark rye uh, bread like a roll with a very thick layer of cheese and that's it. Ooh, and I was like, "What? Yes. Why is it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just a very dark bread a thick slice of cheese very like strong cheese and mustard and that's it but yeah people get confused with that i need to look up the story and send it to you i don't even know why that is but oh, the <laughs> just stuff like that. they're the things i i love where it's like even yeah. the name of it isn't what's in it yeah <laughs> it's just to annoy the tourists yeah, yeah. it's brilliant if anybody if anybody submits their sandwich being a po' boy I need this story behind a po' boy <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, Steve okay. what about you oh, to thank you, send Brad. it your way so, what have you been so kind of you You're so considerate I love you uh, what have I been doing uh, I have been uh, so, uh, so we finally finished the workshop um, build out we've Last few weeks, we've been uh, essentially building a room within a room um, to for the pan production and everything else. Um, so we did that. And as soon as we were at the point where we could start moving stuff out of one side of the workshop into this new room, that meant that we then had to start completely rebuilding the, um, uh, the like, well, not rebuilding, but rearranging the, the production workshop. Um, so we spent... Uh, we spent a good hour talking with Al um, on the phone about how we were going to lay it all out. And then me and Joe looked at it and went, no, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, so then me and Joe spent another hour kind of trying to figure out well, where can we put this and where can we put that and it go in the right place. Um, and then eventually we came up with a completely different idea, rang Al and we're like, um, we want to do it in a completely different way to the way that you said. And, uh, like explained what we were thinking and sent him a photo of it. And he was like, oh, that, that actually seems to make quite a lot of sense and it works quite well. Um, so we've done that. Uh, and I was still kind of farting around doing bits, uh, like making wheelie trolleys and stuff like that on Friday afternoon. Um, but between that, or between doing that, I was also helping Joe make a couple of uh, massive four pound, well, four and a half pound uh, English axes. Um that was really good fun because we we started out doing that um punching the the eye on the fly press which was a mission on its own but then it was just a case of i'd be halfway through doing like a, a weld or something like that and i just hear ding 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 on the anvil from the next workshop and i'd go in 
pick up the sledgehammer and then spend five minutes just wailing on this massive chunk of steel uh, for for um, Joe. And, uh, and yeah, we ended up with these two gorgeous looking axes, which um, which are going to be part of the the new range that's coming out this year um, and part of the Axe of the Month thing. Um, and then Saturday, I was supposed to be in the workshop again, forging a, I was going to do two axes at a time because um, I need to work on uh, consistency. So I was like, if I put two in at the same time, then I can work and I can make sure that I can produce two axes, which are virtually identical. One of which is for Laura. Hey. Uh, <laughs> and the other one, I, I don't quite know what I'm going to do with yet. Um, but I had to scrap those plans because we ran out of steel and Damn. I didn't do it. So <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed next weekend, I'll be in the workshop making Laura's axe. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I hope the shipping situation gets sorted quick. Yeah. I'm so scared that I might lose the Leatherman again. I know. <laughs> I'm not it to you. Yeah, just to clarify okay. if uh because i don't think oh yeah yeah a lot of people uh i when was it maybe a year ago i started engraving my leatherman and the first one i engraved on it like in case of loss please return to and then i thought that's bullshit like nobody's going to return this so i crossed it out and said in case of loss please keep and enjoy and of course i lost it and then i found <laughs> it again because of COVID, and i don't travel so i lose it and i found it again and then i made a story on instagram like who wants to trade this with me and yeah steve offered a handmade axe and of course that's the best trade <laughs> somebody <laughs> offered his uh, girlfriend so i want to make <laughs> i want to tell you <laughs> well i mean i was gonna say because the next thing i was gonna say is i i like my plan was to keep it for a little bit and then possibly do the same sort of thing yes. And trade it on, almost like the the rest of us ice pick, yes. and kind of get that that yeah. maker trade going. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'll be taking someone up on their girlfriend though, because uh, that's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so hopefully I'll uh, I'll be in the workshop making a, a an axe for Laura uh, next Sweet. weekend. Um, to be good, um, we can yeah. also wait uh, until we see each other in person and trade it like this. I, would, I mean, it I will, it say, will, it yeah, will be some it, time, but. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. I'm very nervous about posting anything at the moment because I know a lot of people that have had stuff get lost in the post. Um, mm -hmm. And in fact, saying that, because one of the other things that happened this week is I got a uh, I got my Christmas present from Al, which was uh, a knife from Jeff Fedder, um, which took like a month and a half, two months uh, mm -hmm. to get over here from, from New York. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's so super nice. So since that's arrived, I've cooked everything I have in the house uh, just because I was like, right, I need to chop more stuff. So I'm going to make soup. I'm going to make this. I'm going to make that. Um, I can't um, eat that. It doesn't require cutting up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've, I've made a lot of soup, which is, and I've made the nicest parsnip soup ever. Adding fennel <laughs> with a touch of genius. Like, yeah, I'm very happy with that. Um, what else have I done? Uh, that was kind of it. Oh, and and then today it it snowed, so we finally have snow down. Well, we don't anymore. It, we had like three hours of snow and then it all melted. Um, but yeah, got up uh, nice and early this morning um, and was up on the the ridge near the house, so you can see out for miles and miles and miles. Got up there, enjoyed a bit of the snow. Had like took my coffee up in in my little. Uh, um, thermos flask thing and bridge drinking that it was super nice and chilled and yeah it was just a really nice way to kind of 
start the day um, and then ended up having to go for another walk up there again this afternoon because uh, my sister's got four kids and she needs to tire them out. So I was like, oh, I'll just come around and we'll, we'll go up on the hill, um, which the timing of which meant that I still haven't actually got to watch Laura's latest video. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. as much as it's nice talking to you guys, I'm kind of looking forward to jumping off and seeing Laura paint a, a, a tank <laughs> copper with a tampon because yes it was it's it's a good one i have to say <laughs> <laughs> i, I you love the how it turned out though it looks beautiful yeah and, no i'm so looking forward to the whole bike project because i mean yeah. it was probably a bad idea to go with the most visually um thing <laughs> first because now yeah. that it has a copper tank it can basically, the rest of it can only be black. Otherwise it will be too much. Yeah. You know, I get a lot of comments like, yes, steampunk all the way. But I yeah. think the copper tank has to be the the highlight and the rest just needs to be yeah. uh, silent yeah. <laughs> visually. But uh, yeah, no, it's such, a, it's such a cool idea. I don't know. I saw a video. Um, it's a very, very uh, popular video of a Russian dude restoring a... A motorcycle like with a sidecar mm -hmm. and he has all kinds of crazy tricks and he took one part and he bathed bathed it in a solution and it turned out copper and i was like how the fuck does that work <laughs> and it turns that simple so you need a two two-step system and mpunkt helped me figure all of this out and yeah, yeah no it's uh, watch watch the video if you're into it it's it's really cool so and well, i have yeah. a new camera and now my whole because that was the biggest pain point you guys will know this like setting up the camera having different angles that's the most frustrating time consuming and annoying part of filming something yeah and a couple of months ago i built this steel tripod that can have pretty much every angle oh, yeah, yeah. and i tightened the screw it has an arm and the camera is on that arm and then you can i don't know like turn it up and i don't know how to explain this but <laughs> it's all dialed in to a point where i don't have to lose any screws loosen any screws it just is tight oh, enough to hold yeah. the camera, but loose enough for me to reposition it. And now I have a new camera that has a little cage. So there's a monitor on the cage. It's all, it's yeah. so perfect that I, <laughs> all I want to do is film stuff. It's yeah. so good. I haven't been excited about filming or so excited about filming in years. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, see, I, cause I'm, uh, one of the things I'm gonna be doing tomorrow is, um, writing up a like a a wish list for um for camera equipment because mm -hmm. uh, al has agreed that it's if we're going to carry on doing videos for the forge channel then it's worth investing a little bit of money so i'm not shooting on a 20 year old camera yeah um so yeah i like it's it's so difficult for me to kind of go right i've got a small budget what can i get that makes sense rather than just going i want to get everything and i'm gonna get all of the things i want to get a cage i want to get a monitor i want to do this i want to do that um but i know that even just like the the smallest upgrade is just going to reignite my kind of um passion for getting those those really yeah. nice shots yeah. so yeah um i think the biggest thing for me was the was the tripod which wasn't expensive it's hmm. made from scrap stuff so you could probably build that if you don't film it it's a lot quicker obviously <laughs> so you can you can build it in a day and another thing is the a bigger monitor so you have an external monitor yeah. Yeah, that yeah. also records on a different was like ssd something yeah. ssd mini card and that changed everything for me because then you can put the mic into the monitor, have it all 
you know, on the same, yeah. on the same medium. It's so good. So those yeah. would be my tips. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I have now two different um, tripod heads on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and they were both like pretty, uh, pretty inexpensive ones. Yeah. I didn't want to get like the 600 euro fluid, fluid head yeah. because that would be too heavy. So I got two shitty ones. One is just like a ball head and the other one you can, you can um, like do the, the pants, yeah. Yeah. but you can't reposition it quickly in all the directions. It can only pan and yeah. tilt. So this one is on top of the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so you do the whole thing and then do that. <laughs> Yes, it's really good. So that was another quick and cheap, uh, yeah, cheap um, or inexpensive workaround. I will send you a picture. Yes, please do. (laughs) So what else is, what's what's the plan with the rest of the bike then? Because I think that's good. Like I'm super keen to sort my license out this year. I I say that every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no excuse not to, so. I'm hoping that I will. It, it was a very cruel video, Laura. It was just like, here's how, how amazing I'm going to look, make the tank look. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and the rest I'm, I'm really just... looking forward to the rest of this bike project. It's yeah. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, obviously the seat, I want to do some leather work on the hmm. seat. Um, and also, I mean, the, the whole bike customization scene is very stylish and everything is scrambler and bobber and chopper and all of this, but I'm more interested in cargo and making it very useful and making it look cool, but not so cool that I can't ride it in the city without it getting stolen right away. Mm -hmm. So I I wanted, (laughs) I wanted to be like, people see it and they think, if I steal that, I will get in trouble with a badass motherfucker. So I've got enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That kind of like utilitarian chic sort of look. Yeah. I can't wait. Laura walks out for some with reason wearing her helmet, <laughs> but holding the tampon. So, question, Laura is is the intent that that would eventually like patina, or do you want to keep it this kind of lovely matte kind of? I'd- I don't know yet. We'll see how it looks. I will let it patina, and if it, I think it might look too, um, because it, the usually the copper patina is not only color; it also builds up a little bit of like grainy yeah. stuff, and I don't like that. I wouldn't want it to. I want it to be very, you know, soft and smooth. Mm. So I don't think I will go with the patina, but I'm also curious to see what it looks like. So I can always go back. The The tampon technique works so fast that I actually wouldn't mind taking it all down and, and do another layer. Do another strip. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it was starting to kind of peel or bubble at one point. Yes. So that was uh, in the stories because I you have to do two steps. The first step is uh, like an alkaline solution that that kind of if you want a copper steel that is if you want a copper nickel i think you can go to the acidic solution right Mm -hmm. away but for steel you need to prepare it and then it gives this really dull and black um yeah black that kind of looked kind of cool on its own (laughs) i don't think it i'm not sure if that is a rust protective right i wasn't sure so and then the second step is to go over with uh, the acidic solution and i used a, a big or a bigger surface like the first step I did, I, I used a bigger surface for that, just a towel that's wrapped around a piece of copper. I used that too, and I think it was too much surface and something about the surface, the volt, and the ampage. Uh, it was it was too much, so the, it, it bubbled off right away. And that's why I came up with the tampon thing, 
Um, and by making the surface smaller, it worked perfectly. I just didn't want to put it in the video because it was super confusing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, explaining that without words wouldn't have been easy. So I just <laughs> skipped that and I, sh I just showed the right solution right yeah. away. But that's why the tampon is the secret weapon in this case. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that little story on, on the uh, on the Instagram with it's just a box, <laughs> secret weapon on it. And, and the amount of people that were like, oh, it's a tampon. Oh, it's a tampon. <laughs> yeah, it's like, How do you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because uh, Thanos, the, the people who make these little sustainers, yeah. Um, so far, whenever I work with that project, it's like, oh, cool. Can we have a screen grab of that? Can we post this? And in this case, it was just like crickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say about the bike. Like, I, So you said you're going to do like some leather work on the seat. Mm -hmm. um, are you, are you going to do because I'm guessing cargo, so you're going to be putting on like um, the things on the side that I can never yeah. call the right thing because I always want to call them pin panniers. Yeah. Panniers. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I, I yeah. always want to say paninis, but. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't made up my mind. I feel like the uh, over the headlight might be a cool spot Ooh, yeah. for a smaller rack. And yeah. when I was a kid, I had a little, um, do you have Playmobil? Is it yeah, yeah, yeah. Less? Oh, yeah, okay. And I had a little horse and a cowboy, mm -hmm. and that cowboy had a roll of something on like in front of the horse or mm -hmm. in front of the saddle or in the back of the oh, saddle. Yeah, I don't remember, yeah, yeah. but it was like a cargo thing. And I always thought, like, yeah, that's the best, that's the best solution. So I want to have the Playmobil rolled up, oh, whatever nice. was inside. Yeah. I don't know, probably tampons. <laughs> uh, I want to have a rack for that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Because I've, <laughs> I've seen like where they've got um like the military bikes where they've got the um like jerry cans on the side yes uh, yeah next to the front wheel as well that was yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i always love the the second headlight that is like the, lower and yeah on one side yeah, yeah. and that has a <laughs> yellow weird. glass instead of a white glass it's always a little yeah. bit different oh i love that yeah yeah, yeah stuff that like of... this yeah just taking it project by project and see how it goes i've never i've never customized the bike and being in germany probably 99% of the ideas that I have will be forbidden. There are chances that they're telling me that the copper tank is forbidden. Oh, really? <laughs> when I, yeah, when I built the horse box trailer, I had to talk to them and some guy came out to check it because people were telling me that in Germany, you cannot drive a vehicle that is more than, I don't know, 60% reflective. Oh. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so Strange. the guy came out and he said like no actually it looks really cool so i will sign it <laughs> off <laughs> but yeah there are things like this if you don't know your way around it you have to double check everything it's really annoying yeah. but i really want the spike to be my daily ride so yeah we'll see we'll see how much i can do awesome. so is this is this the first time in a while that you've done it's not just the restoration aspect but there's a lot of uh mixed media multiple materials and things like that yes yes seems like this is the first time in a while you've cracked into something like that mm, yeah definitely i mean what do you think uh, between all the projects that you've worked on with the trailers and you know rebuilding the, the mobile tiny homes and everything like that um i know we always talk about the jack of all trades or being being good at everything um is there something that speaks to you specifically 
about Ooh, the materials. So unprofessional. Is there something specific about uh, like these motorbikes and things, which you have a couple and I get to play around on them, but is there something about the motorized vehicles that, speaks to you is it because they have all these multiple materials and lines and yeah i don't stuff? i actually don't know what it is but um watching my own work over the last 10 years i seem to have an interest in cargo mobility taking stuff with me living yeah. with very little things i don't know where it comes from but i'm totally drawn to that i mm. yeah it's uh, yeah so i'm just because you brought up the Playmobil thing, it what, just thinking as a kid, the toys that interest, interested me the most was the ones that had compartments mm -hmm. and had things that you could open up and there'd be other things inside. And you, yeah. there was a range of like micro machines that had even smaller micro machines inside them. <laughs> yes. And, and, and it was just like, it blew my mind as a kid. Um, so I, I think there might be something in that, that <gasps> just loving that kind of thing as you're growing up with, Especially like attachments on the shit. Any yeah. any like any toys or figures or something that had like accessories where you could put things inside things or hide things. Or even like the, the like the horse, like the example of the Playmobil horse. Yes. I just imagine like there being other toys in the little pouches and shit. Yeah. So it's all it's obviously something that's always stayed with you. You should definitely get like one of those little electric scooters and put that in a box on the back of the pouch. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. Well, we've, we've not got onto the Smudo sidecar yet already. So oh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully to come. Uh, yeah, how is it with you guys? Do you sometimes wonder what are the things or why you keep coming back to a certain thing or what it is that, that you find so fascinating? Because me personally, but this might be like <laughs> oversharing, but sometimes I'm afraid to really analyze it because I don't even want to know. I don't want to yeah. jinx it. I don't want this to be something bad. <laughs> yeah. Or if, if you then, if you do work it out, then that becomes like formulaic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I, I only do those things because blah, blah, blah. so like yeah. even until then, until you said that thing about the toy, it, I never thought about it, but yeah. now I'm like, Oh, that's why there's a chainsaw and a cricket bat. That's why there's a secret door that, you know, and all these things are ticking in my head of like, I, I like the, combination of projects or I like things inside been hidden inside other things as well mm -hmm. so again I, yeah I don't want to overanalyze it but I think that that definitely is it's the things yeah. I like I, I like the discovery so I'll probably end up making something that I guess it's like a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I've done enough projects here in the last couple of years that revolve around uh whatever the thing is becoming smaller or becoming yeah. larger, whichever way you look at it. So mm -hmm. I like simple machinery and, and Jimmy definitely fed a lot of that because he's, he's really brilliant about being able to just, you know, do that build in space thing and go, and now it flips over here and, and yeah. ta-da. Um, but I don't know where that comes from. And I, maybe it's just because I've always had to like pack up and move or for the last decade, I've always been needing to have, you know, I want a full-size couch, but it would be really nice if it was also a very small chair yeah. that became a couch. And I don't know if there's <laughs> Laura. Now you got me analyzing myself. Like, is there some deep-seated thing where some Freudian <laughs> thing about like, yeah, <laughs> I, I need things to be small, and I need it to be bigger afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but even the Franken bench, Brett. Just thinking yeah. about that, like opening up and extending, and I know, know. And that was one of the first projects. Like, I didn't want a workbench 
there was just, you know, a piece of wood set on top of some legs. Mm. So I don't know why that is a thing that I keep coming back to, but I really do enjoy that. It's not even the idea of uh, you go to Laura's channel or Steve's channel or Al's channel to see this very specific thing. And I will always appreciate that about, uh, you know, most of the friends that I have in the maker community, but everyone does kind of have a weird little thing about themselves. I know that I'm going to be able to see either on Instagram or a YouTube video, Laura showing me some type of new container that I've never seen <laughs> that has the best snap sound or the most, <laughs> the most satisfying action when it opens or closes. Yeah. And I really, really love that because I don't think everybody else really pays that much attention to the details, but when you yeah. do call it the oddly satisfying thing, but you know that when you open a door and it does just this very specific thing that you're like, Oh God, every yeah. door in my life has to be that now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah another I, big obsession is the remote suitcases, dude. Yeah. I didn't even know how bad my problem was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> my friend. Um, and I'm the, the, was that like godmother? Is that the right word? That sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. so. That sounds bigger than it is. But I'm the <laughs> godmother. <laughs> and um, yeah, so she she brought her kids, and they played around with the suitcase that I just finished. It's the uh, I made a little leather pocket in the front, yeah, and they yeah. rolled around like, oh, they really like to play with suitcases. I was like, I got more. And then <laughs> <laughs> it turns out I have like nine Remoa suitcases. What? <laughs> but they're all like the they're all like the eBay fifty euro eBay ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh awesome. my god, it was so funny. So they we played baggage carousel, <laughs> and they loved it. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, the the kids these days growing up during COVID, they they've got yeah. some new games. Yeah, <laughs> much different than what we were doing when we were little. Yeah, I love that though. That's, but the thing is, I think it's. I, like Brett's um, comment about like the oddly satisfying things. Like that's one of the things that I always find, especially with your videos is the fact that there's always that, like you said, that, that thing that, that clicks in a really satisfying way or you know, it, it, it slots together in a really nice way or whatever. And it's that, yeah, I think oddly satisfying is probably the best way to put it. But like with, when I, when I look at like Brett's stuff, like one of the things I notice is it's never, um, it's never just, I'm going to make a thing that does this one particular task. It's always, I'm going to make a thing that does this, but also kind of does this and also might do this. And <laughs> at a push, you can fry an egg on it sort of thing. Like there's always like multiple layers to it because you can kind of, you can almost see the way that his head's working of like, right, I need a thing. Oh, but I also like this thing. And then like, right, I'm going to start building that. And then look at it and go, oh, actually, well, with that, I could put this onto it and it would create another thing. Like, and, and you can see like that, that expansion of, of, of thought. Um, What's fun is trying to work with other people and then explain that to them. Cause it, yeah. it always goes over very well when yeah. I'm trying to explain to Laura what I'm going to do in the 10 makers video. And she's like, <laughs> You know, yeah. I have 50 other things going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but hold on. Yeah. The screen print could also be an egg frying pan. Yeah. But that's, that's also the explanation why it is so hard to translate our content and our work mm -hmm. out of our own universe. You know, if, mm -hmm. if uh, the typical thing of a TV channel, like, hey, we really want to do this cool DIY show. Do you want to come? It's like, I don't yeah. think I can geek out about remote suitcases there. I don't yeah. think you let me build cargo shit so this is not 
this will be unsatisfying for the both of us because mm -hmm. the energy and the community and the stuff that you see on our channel you will not let us do it there yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so that's the that's the explanation for it i think that's always been I mean, like jamie's big frustration isn't it yeah yeah you can't do those things that he wants to do which is like yeah. brett like just a really satisfying foot lock on a yeah. a roller desk or something it's like yeah. they're not going to make a tv show about that yeah but, yeah. but he can get millions of views because it is satisfying right yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think <clears throat> go ahead laura i'm sorry no it's so frustrating it's like explaining a joke you know it will not make it better if you make me explain the fascination yeah. with cargo it will make it worse so just let me yeah. do it or you know not yeah. <laughs> I think my, like my favorite bit of it is when laura will do all of her uh like flip out knife tricks or when you were doing the the zippo tricks and things like that like oh that's so satisfying because of the noises and things that it makes and like i want to do that and then you you know you like yeah. try and fold out a knife and it flings out of your hand and you're like <laughs> oh, i guess there's a level of coolness that'll never yeah. achieve <laughs> Yeah. I think that's that's one of the reasons why like the YouTube space is so much fun. It's because you're not like generally, especially within the kind of people that we we know and we hang out with. Like it's there's no um, there's no set formula. It's just a case of people going, I want to make a thing. Like that's what I was doing with the the Moonshine channel. That's why it was so much fun. It's because I wasn't doing, I wasn't worried about like really nice cinematography or anything like that. I was literally just like, I'm going to make some really stupid thing for fun and that was all it was it was mm -hmm. it was for fun and i think that's kind of what i like why i'd like to start doing videos on my channel again it's just that i can make dumb shit that i just enjoy making yeah. um but i think for like the the day-to-day -day stuff that i actually make nowadays um if i'm not making a video of it where i'm not kind of being able to act like a fool on camera i tend to go more for um practical stuff so i'll i like making tools and i like making things that have have a purpose and have a use but that's because i and this is where unlike al i i have gone down this thing and i've overanalyzed my own brain and realized that it's because i i have issues around my own um creativity and my own sense of um artistry so because i lack confidence in that sense and i lack confidence in my ability to create beautiful sculptures and things like, like some, something like uh, the stuff that Chris Cash does. Like, I, I love that as an idea, but I, I tend to shy away from it because the, the criteria for acceptance, the criteria for a job well done is so different. Whereas with an ax or something like that, it's like, right, I know that this works because it chops up some wood or, you know, I know this coffee scoop works because it scoops coffee. Like it's, it's got really, really simple, basic criteria that is either a yes no pass whereas the um like the more arty stuff i because there isn't that criteria there i, I shy away from it because i'm I, I lack confidence there that's that's really interesting because just just thinking about what, what laura just said as well about the almost like the pitch hmm. like trying to like the elevator pitch of like trying to say this is this is what i'm doing yeah and like for an axe yeah like yeah most people know what an axe is and <laughs> you might be able to put some little nuances in there and, and make it your own but um trying to pitch something that's just completely your own <clears throat> i remember doing i did like a community project a couple of years ago where um it was like people um people who couldn't afford to like 
uh, do classes. They were offering these free classes and they were in anything. So you could yeah. go and learn how to make pasta or you could go and learn how to speak Spanish or you could go and learn how to um, repair the electronics in your home, things, those kind of things. And someone had seen my YouTube channel <laughs> and decided that I would be good to do one of these things. Um, I remember those classes. They were brilliant. And then I was trying to pitch what I wanted to do. And it was just yeah. so hard to put down on paper that basically I just wanted to fuck around for a day. <laughs> and I wanted people to join in. Yeah. And, and I just couldn't put down on paper, like, we're just going to get a bunch of scrap and we'll split up into teams. I don't know. Yeah. And we'll just fuck around and we'll make something. It'll be fun. And just trying to get them to trust me that it was, and it was, it was amazing. It was a great yeah. day. And these people, I've never done anything like this before in my life. And they were all, they were all, they were loving it after we all went to the pub afterwards. And, but trying to write that down as yeah. like a simple, what are we going to do today? It was so hard. And then, so I can imagine trying to do something like that to, to a TV production company or to a sponsor mm-hmm. and say in, in our lang- in our sort of maker language, if there's such a thing. Yeah. Just trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing that I always struggle with is what you said, like Steve, the, the confidence thing. When mm-hmm. I explain what it is that I do or what it is that I want to do, or in my example with the, the the kids TV show that I've been working on for, <laughs> I think it's the third year now, right? Yeah. And I'm so passionate about it. But every time we're in a situation where I have to talk about this and have to explain to somebody else what I want, I feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. Or worse, you yeah. feel like you're patronizing or condescending. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, um, no, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> but I learned over the years that this is my lack of confidence and that um the people who are judging my ideas they have nothing to do with the universe i live in and they are often talking to sponsors you know talking to people who are in the media department they are the online marketing they don't know anything about content creation and i have to remind myself i am the grown-up in this situation and you should (laughs) feel like an idiot (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's something that it's very hard for me to learn that there are things where I have more experience than the person that I talk to. And I always yeah. think I'm 12 and everybody else is 40. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole thing of realizing that everyone's in that same position, everyone's just winging it. But, but Absolutely, you, you, you nobody knows what they're doing. Right. And that's that's another crazy thing that I now finally start to understand that because I hired somebody, does that make me in grow a grown up? You know what I mean? Like, does that make me a professional? It was one phone call. You know, yeah. it's not I mean, obviously you have to pay somebody too, but yeah. like just or I'm I'm founding a production company so I can keep working with a kids TV show because I finally annoyed them enough that they <laughs> let me fire everybody else and then make me the boss. Yeah. <laughs> But that, you know, it, it that doesn't mean, you know, be, only because somebody has a production company or only because somebody is the marketing manager does yeah. not mean that they are pro and that they know more about it than you. Yeah. And that's something I have to keep coming back in both directions. Only because I'm founding a production company does not mean that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I still have to figure this out. But yeah, it's so interesting to me. The, yeah. the but wasn't, isn't that the same with everyone who ever founded a company? I think so, yeah. When they were first doing it, like 
the, the place I work, they founded the company 40 years ago. So when they founded the company, they didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time they'd done it. And they were all like in the early 20s or whatever. Yeah. And now they're the, the industry standard, you know, hiring people <laughs> yeah. and, mm-hmm. and setting the rules. So like there is, it's not like there's this elevated level that we all have to get to before but, we get taken seriously but it feels like it when you are in conversation with somebody who is the ceo of this tv production company i had a situation a couple was it last year that those were the guys that i fired <laughs> i'm talking too much but, uh, <laughs> I, i will say it well there was this asshole idiot dude <laughs> who was dressed like it was half military half super posh black suit it was a very yeah. good combination his whole office was just like dark leather furniture that looked like yeah. airplanes yeah. and he had a poster on his wall and it was something like a man is a man when you can forgive your enemy is like and it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous it was ridiculous there was whiskey everywhere cigars everywhere and that guy told me how much i should make on the tv show that i came up with and now i realize everything he did is call a lawyer and said i want to have a production company and that's all the expertise he had yeah yeah so you know like first of all how do you make these choices you know to to be such an asshole (laughs) to spend that money from your company on fucking airplane furniture you know and cigars and this ridiculous poster How is that possible? Oh, you know what I mean? And yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he would have he would have made more money on that whole thing than me. Yeah. So we yeah. fired him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, so yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what my point is. I guess my point is that it's equally important to feel like an idiot, but to know that you're not always the idiot in the situation. Yeah. <laughs> but if you lose that feeling that you could be the idiot, then you most certainly are the idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to, I was going to try and make the connection to, you know, what we all do when we're experimenting on the videos or the builds. Like, in my mind, that's not very far removed from what Laura's talking about with the production companies or when people are, in positions of power, we see plenty of people on social media where they're an expert in this thing, which like maybe they are, but maybe it's been eight years that they've been doing the thing. And most of the time, at least on, on my end, if I'm trying something new, I want to make a video about it because I want to see if it works. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to put the work in, I want to be able to share that technique, like the copper uh, stuff that you're doing on the tank was I'd never seen that before. I think I remember the video that you're referencing with the with the other motorbike, but um, <clears throat> I want to be able to share that stuff. But in the business world, you need to be like, I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm in this position of power. Mm-hmm. Whereas the checking the ego at the door that happens with at least our group of people where they go, yeah. one is I don't know what I'm doing. Or even if I do know what I'm doing, I don't consider myself an authority figure by any means. Mm-hmm. So people feel more willing to chat with you or, you know, follow what you're doing because you're also doing this exploration. What I don't like is that the minute it gets taken into a, a professional setting or like a business setting that suddenly you are not um, valued 
for how experimental and problem solving you are through all of this stuff. They want to know that you either have the experience or don't, mm-hmm. or what is very typical nowadays is like, we need somebody with five years of experience. Also that technology was created three months ago. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that doesn't work out in my mind. Yeah. So I, I see this, you know, what you're dealing with and good golly, can, I can just picture this guy's room. It makes me, <sighs> Just laugh. He but, also had a Harley motorcycle, but I don't have to mention that, do I? <laughs> <laughs> I never never driven it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really like this idea that that people like you, Laura, could get into these positions and kind of <clears throat> shift the dynamic, you know, like everyone's trying to benefit from the situation. I feel like old school business, like the, the very typical big business, may not ever change because the systems are in place, but on a smaller scale, when you're dealing with a production company of maybe like five people or, or smaller businesses, I hope there's more opportunity for people like you to, you know, shift, shift things from the inside a little bit. And yeah, you're, you're taking over what could be, you know, a big deal, big job. You got lots of people that you're now directing around, or at least asking you questions and you may not have the experience, but no one's, I get the sense that no one's going to be demeaning and go, Oh, why is this lady in charge anymore? Like what's her deal? You know, I liked the last guy because at least he took me for rides on his motorcycle. Well, (laughs) Laura will just fire them. if if Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be the thing. Laura's just going to fire everyone and basically just move her YouTube channel onto that. It's fine. But, uh, but yeah, because I like, I, I find it a really interesting thing. Like I, um, I've spoken a little bit before about uh, some of the previous IT jobs that I've been in and how it's really nice being in a um, kind of um, uh, progressive industry where people don't necessarily fit those, those old um, stereotypes and those old regimes. And and one of the things I've found through uh, my experience with, with people in all kinds of industry is there is a lot of people that like say they they get into this job with no real experience and then they they have these preconceived ideas of like oh well I'm a CEO therefore this is how I should act mm-hmm. and or you know I'm a I'm a graphic artist this is how I should act I'm a this this is how I should act and they they kind of fall into these um stereotypes of of what that role entails um and they give answers and they say things because that's what they think they should be saying and that's what they should be doing. Um, but then kind of a really good way to disarm that is just simply asking why. Um, and I mean, we've, we've said about it so many times on here, like if, if someone can't answer the, the why, then they shouldn't be giving the, 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 the statement yeah. in the first place. Yes. Um, and and I, I really like that. And I really like doing that uh in those situations and, and that was one of the reasons why i got unwell in in uh my, my last it job is because i was the person that would quite happily sit there and when someone said something i'd go well i don't understand why do you want to do it like that that to me that makes no sense um and i found it to be a really really useful tool mm-hmm. because nine times out of ten i was asking the question that everybody else wanted to know because everyone else was kind of going well that doesn't really make any sense but this person's saying it with confidence so we're just going to go with it whereas <laughs> me going I, I don't understand can you explain to me because i'm an idiot mm-hmm. and 
and going back to what you said about feeling like an idiot and and it, it's okay to feel like an idiot everyone yeah. does it occasionally and it's okay to look like an idiot i do that daily like yeah. it's yeah and i think like it's a really important thing for people to realize that it, it is okay and it is fine to to ask those those simple questions and mm. and expect someone to be able to give an answer to it yeah and Another thing, because you said that I fire everybody. <laughs> I want to talk about that real quick. <laughs> so she's now going to fire us from the podcast. <laughs> You're done. I'm full. <laughs> no, it's um, the 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 whole thing about not being able to answer the why. Like, why do we have to have a cameraman, a camera assistant, three sound people on set? I don't think we need, like, why do we have to do that? And being in a position where you can ask these questions and answer yeah. these questions and change things for which you think is best for the format and which is best for the work environment. Yeah. That gives you the authority to create, um, yeah, an environment that makes you feel confident about your work. That also gives you the power to hire people that you feel confident about. Like the, yeah. the cameraman that I worked with, the, the last episode we did for the kids TV show, it was really good. I never once looked at the monitor. From I completely gave the direction to somebody else because it's not my expertise to tell a story when I'm talking. I, I'm, yeah. I think I'm better telling stories non-verbally. But finding the right people to do that, that also see the vision of what I want to do, that's so difficult. But once you got it, everything is very simple. And mm. I don't have to fire anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with hiring Janine. It's like I felt really stupid when we talked about this like she was like okay when when do i work i don't know when do you want to work like how much money do i make like i th yeah. i think we should make the same money i don't know what what do you think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all these things i think it's good to just go back take a step back and think what are all these things that we think are there for a reason nine mm. to five your employee has to make less money than you, you know? Is that yeah. correct? Is that something that we should try to change? And if it doesn't work out, we can always go back, you know? Yeah. If it turns out that Janine needs more stability than I am, than I do, then maybe nine to five is better for her. But that doesn't yeah. have to mean that I am here nine to five, you know? So all these things, it's I think it's good to ask the whys and to admit, I, I'm not sure why this is. Can we talk yeah. about this? But I yeah. think to Steve's point, the most of the people in the room will be thinking the same thing mm. yeah you know probably everybody thought that guy was an asshole yeah it was just you that that was the one to, to stand up and, and stand out so i think it's not it's not like fear of looking like an idiot it's just like is everyone else thinking the same thing because <laughs> 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 we should say something <laughs> yeah because yeah. I, mean, I yeah i i've, I've been in situations again where i've i've kind of gone the, been the one to go I, I don't understand. Um, am I the only one that doesn't get this? And had everyone else in the room turn around and say, yeah, yeah no, it's just you. This makes perfect sense. <laughs> and, and that's fine. Like, I, I'm like, okay, okay, cool. If you guys are all happy with it, then let's carry on. But but yeah, I, I think, like I say, being able to kind of ask those questions is 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 important. And it's having that, the confidence to, you know, to be the one that, that stands out, to be the the, I can't think of the term I'm trying to think of. But you know, be, be that odd one out, the 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 odd one, the the weird one. The I mean, we're all fucking weirdos anyway, especially in this yeah. community. Yes, yes. Like we're we're used to being looked at. Like, who the fuck are you? So mm -hmm. fucking own it and just go with it. Because you know what? 
being the old one out and asking the weird questions, that's spiffing. <laughs> Al, have you got someone? Yeah. Have you got an order? Uh, Labs. You're so predictable, Brett. I was going to go for balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right. Balls it is. <laughs> Which means, Brett, you are first. All right. Well... Uh, based on my meeting this human yesterday in person for the first time, uh, we've been a little bit chatty back and forth through Instagram. He's the local I was referring to earlier. Um, he actually just started getting into blacksmithing maybe a year ago, he said. Um, pretty much self-taught, and he is quite the character. So uh, super nice guy. His name is Ryan Drobots. And he's pretty keen on knife making, but he's been making uh, other tools and like axes and things like that. Recently, he, uh, I think, lost his job or something happened to where he is not employed anymore. And now he's taken it upon himself to dive into the maker thing full time, trying to support himself. Him and his girlfriend got a, an amazing spot that I got to see yesterday with this beautiful house kind of tucked into the hills and... He wants to renovate it and he's trying to support uh, as much as he can with making things for a living. So I want to give him a little bit more of an audience, at least people that might appreciate his work. Um, he's a character too. He's like uh, desert crocodile Dundee. Yeah, he <laughs> like, looked it in your stories. Yeah, he's, the hat that he wears all the time looks like it's been a hat worn for 50 years you know there's like a couple holes in it and whatever he's just he's a total character and admittedly when i first uh kind of got introduced to him through instagram i was like oh man this guy is nuts and must be you know ratty motorcycle dude turns out he is a ratty motorcycle dude but i mean that in the most endearing way he has a couple of really beautiful motorcycles and some very happy dogs that like to jump on me yesterday. But uh, Ryan is Ryan is a really good guy, and he has now taken the full dive into making full time. So I want to try and get him a little bit of love. That's him. Nice, nice. good shout. Yeah, man. I, I sorry, I, I wasn't ignoring it. I was just looking at his um, his feed, and I quite like some of the lines he's got on that. I, quite, I really like his touch mark as well. It's a really um, like it's almost like a rune. I like it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. Uh, looking Six throwdown. Uh, it looks like uh, brie and rocket on a baguette. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. One's got a story. Yeah. There you go. Well, I have to correct myself. It's not half a chicken. It's half a rooster. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's because it's ah, a male chicken. Half a rooster. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, hold on. I got a, I got another hashtag for you. Yeah. <laughs> does that make more sense though? I don't think so. Does it? I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> it's very important. Um, Al, you are next. Who would you like to spiff? I'm gonna do a re-spiff. Um, if we go back to Barnaby Dixon a long time ago, oh, yeah. oh, nice. 
um, super nice. Uh, I also kind of got very excited watching the um, Dark Crystal and yeah. seeing him pop up, not even knowing he was in it, and just seeing mm -hmm. a scene and instantly recognizing his style. You know, oh, it's just like that must be Barnaby, and then it came yeah. up in the credits. It was like, Ee! Um, <laughs> but what I didn't know is how he got into the style of puppetry that he does. Um, and the reason that he has this unique style and these unique puppets is because he wanted to manipulate um, puppets for stop motion. So I didn't know this about his story. And going back, he actually created puppets with certain movements and certain armatures that would make life easy for him doing his stop motion videos yeah. because he started with stop motion. And I didn't know this. So I went back to his very, very first YouTube videos and the first kind of half dozen videos are stop motion films. Um, mm -hmm. And they're crazy. I've never seen anything like it. They're, they're really kind of like <clears throat> gnarly and industrial and like dirty and, and kind of creepy. Um, and yeah, super interesting. So I've just been going back and rewatching all of them. He, I think the last one he did is called Once Upon a Time in the Shed. And it's kind of like a Western where he's riding around on a snail and it's a real snail. So for somehow he's managed to be able to like control the snail through puppetry i don't know how he's done it um but it's it's so charming so if you've not watched them or if you only kind of know kind of dab chick and and all barnaby's yeah. recent puppets go right back to the start and watch the his stop motion short films the suit i think that's kind of how he became famous as well so that's how yeah. he got his foot in the door is just by showing these stop motions it's like you know i i can put the effort in give me a chance mm -hmm. um, and then that's what then allowed him to develop his own style and his own technique um, so yeah, just a, a Reese Biff of Barnaby, but more specifically his his very early stop motion stuff, which is crazy. Good shout. Yeah, I haven't I haven't even thought about Barnaby in ages. So I'm going to uh, stick that on. That's going to be my my viewing for tonight. Nice. Um, I've just seen the snail. <laughs> just scrolling down through his shadow and yeah, just see it. Um, awesome. Yes, uh, Laura. What about you? Who would you like to spiff? I want to spiff the whole um, Nike wear Nike wear tester thing. Have you oh, yeah. seen this yeah. from Tom Sachs? Ugh. So I mean, Tom Sachs is this huge artist who doesn't need any spiffing, but he and the whole studio ethics that he has, like he's building a almost like a cult around his art. It feels <laughs> so religious yeah. and. It triggers everything that I love about being a fangirl. Like I want to be a fan of everything that he does so much. And he <laughs> just keeps doing cool stuff. He is a marketing genius. And he has this collaboration with Nike. He has his own brand there called uh, Nike, Nike Craft. And now he's, well, a couple years ago, he developed the shoe, a Nike shoe for athletes but for athletes who are athletic with their brain, basically. So it's intended for people who work at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And he made this shoe. It's called the Mars Yard. And the second version is out and you can buy it. It's incredibly expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but now he has a second version or a, a 2.5 version out. And he asked people to um, apply to be a wear tester. So you could make a one minute video and tell him what your story is and why you want to test it. And then he selected 150 people, I think, who will get this shoe that will be 
insanely expensive and they have to wear it every day and have a logbook and you know oh, wow. yeah. write down the experience it comes like again with the whole package of being a cult or a religion it's so good <laughs> and i cannot wait and you have to return the shoe like you will you will get it oh, really you have to sign <laughs> hey smooth you have to sign a document that you will return it and then i don't know it's it's incredible it's so good and i just smooth <laughs> hi smoodo yeah. I mean, that's quite good. It means we finally got Smoodle on the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just love to be a fan of of his work. And this is yeah. so much fun to follow along and checking out all the videos, who applied, how people, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's really good. It's been quite good because I think uh, I, I found out about it after you put uh, something up on Instagram about it. Yeah. And since you've put it up, I've seen like a, a few other makers that I follow that have done like the one minute application videos. Yes. So that was really cool to see as well. And it's like, oh, I know why you're doing that now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's a good shout. I, uh, I, I, I still, uh, obviously, um, went to have a look at the, the shoe and yes, you're right. It is ex insanely expensive, Yes, but it does look so comfy. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. It's really good. And it, Mm, the whole thing about the why it is so expensive because I uh, when was it two thousand well two years ago whatever last time I was in New York um, I uh, got to work with him for two days I was in New York and something fell through and I was like can I please come to the shop and just sweep the floor I need some <laughs> occupational therapy I am losing yeah. my mind and I got to work with them and as a thank you he gave me the shoe so there's a booklet that comes with it like a zine that says. Yeah. Um, if you buy a shirt for 50 cents, you never wear it. You know, it's a very expensive shirt. So this shoe, you have to destroy it in order to make it worth the $4,000 or whatever it costs. I don't, yeah. I'm not even sure. Yeah. And the, the packaging is brilliant. It says like uh, invalid unless worn. So all the sneaker hats, all the trade culture, like it, it, it yeah. cannot be there because it's not valid unless it looks like a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> This. yeah That's it's really cool. good yeah. yeah and it comes with two different souls and it has like the solar system drawn on it and all different kinds of morse code if you step into sand there are different things and it's just insane it's so <laughs> good yeah That's <laughs> awesome yeah um, and now imagine him imagine him not being so famous explaining what it yes to <laughs> uh, to this guy in his manly man cave yeah. like, what he wants to oh. do <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, yeah, because you kind of you, like to go back to it. You almost need that. Um, uh, I don't want to say fame, but you need that that kind of that level of um, notoriety. That's the yeah. wrong word, but that, you know that that level of of people knowing who you are before. Yeah. And being, you need, the, you need the success and then people yeah. will go, oh yeah, but <laughs> she's always like that, you know? Yeah. Or he, yeah. he, yeah, he's crazy like this. Yeah. It's it's a nightmare. It shouldn't be like that. Like people should be taken responsible for their arts and for their weirdness without success, without money, without recognition behind that. But it is what it is. But keep it in mind, like if Tom Sachs would have talked to that guy, he would have not gotten the job. Mm -hmm. So yeah, exactly. this guy is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, well, I'll tell you what, that, that actually segues quite nicely into, I've got two spiffies because I'm greedy. Oh, of course um, you do. But the first one, uh, I put it in the um, uh, Facebook group, uh, and it's um, uh, Rare Earth, which is a YouTube channel. The video that I put in was um, about a raccoon because 
it was a really cool raccoon. Um, but I then started watching the rest of the guys' um, videos, and they're just really nice kind of like vloggy documentary sort of style videos, um, kind of a little bit educational, a little bit opinion piece sort of things. Um, just really interesting ones. Uh, he did one on like Easter Island. He's done, he did one that was really nice about, um, you know, in Hanoi, there's the train that goes down through the the street um, mm-hmm. and it's got like an inch either side and everyone has to clear everything out every time the train goes down. Um, apparently there's uh, an old man that, that basically chases off tourists with a stick um, because he's just like, you shouldn't be here. Stop filming it. It's not here for you and all this. Um, and he just, he did this really nice video about the, the man with the stick that doesn't want you to be there. Um, and he did another one about the people that hate you. Um, and yeah, it was just some really nice um, stuff. And I was kind of thinking like, how does like, how does this random person create uh, or like get, get the money to be able to do something like this and, and get the, um, the go ahead from production companies. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it's because his name is Evan Hadford, Hadford, Hadfield, Hadfield, who is the son of the astronaut. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and that was like, ah, oh, so that's where you, because people obviously went, oh, okay, well, I know who you are from that. So going on from there. Um, but yeah, it was just a really nice kind of, if you've got a spare 10, 15 minutes, just put it on and just chill out with the coffee, get you ready for the day and and watch that. So that's spiffy number one. Uh, the other one, um, I, I'm going to spiff the, the person, but uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spiff Amy, but I'm actually spiffing Philip. Uh, because Philip is Amy's goat. Um, and, and, uh, so yeah, I got, I got introduced to Amy. She's a tattoo artist in uh, middle of Wales. Um, but she's also got a uh, like a, a farm and forage thing. So she's doing, she's got like a little small holding. Um, she's got a couple of goats and, and things like this. Um, very kind of eco-minded, going out foraging. And I've, I've, been really getting into uh, a lot of people that are doing a lot of foraging recently um and uh, and yeah she's got these two goats and uh, sorry these these bunch of goats and one of them is called philip and he's insane and her stories with philip are just they just make you feel good they make you smile they make you go like ah oh, that's so cool um so yeah that's uh amy cornwall who is on instagram as peggy farm and forage um so i would highly recommend anybody that likes goats or food <laughs> to go check her out um and if you like tattoos go check out her tattoos as well because she's a fantastic tattoo artist um but yeah that's that's it for me um is there any other business i think you guys want to say nothing yes no? a little trivial one if you yeah. watched like the first one or two episodes of one division and thought it was rubbish just stick with oh, it yeah. it gets a bit better yeah, it gets a lot better. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. I haven't um, even I haven't even started yet. Okay. That's good to know though. I was so upset. So I, I didn't start watching it until the other day and I didn't realise it's coming out weekly. I just assumed they'd drop the entire season and it's because you've one. been spoiled rotten, Steve. I have. Bloody streaming things and their stuffs. Um uh, on that same note, trivial. Has everyone watched Queen's Gambit? Because if you haven't, you fucking should. Yeah, it's good. The show is absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. Laura, their their cinematography and the color. Oh. Yeah, the, the oh. color is insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. Yeah. But 
Even if you're not into chess, it's a very good show. Yeah. yeah. I might, I might check right. it out. That's it. Uh, cool. Right. Uh, in which case, if you want to find Laura, uh, it's Laura Kampf on everything, I think, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, Insta and uh, YouTube mainly. Yeah. And on Zending with the Mouse. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. The show is turning 50 this year. Really? 50, yeah. And 50. You, you've only become more a part of it, right? In these last couple of years, just working with it, you're just getting more and yeah. more involved. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're finding the, the right format, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Like it, it changed from crafty stuff. They asked me to do craft, crafty stuff, which is not my thing. And now the whole... Um, the premise now that I got them, <laughs> convinced them to let me do my thing is that the goal is to, well, so kids watch professional football. They are not hmm. professional football players. They watch, you know, yeah, yeah, professional yeah, sure. cooks. They're not professional cooks. They cannot cook with sharp stuff. But if you show them crafty stuff or handiworks or making stuff, it's always scissors and glue. Like, why is that? They can watch people weld. They That doesn't mean they have to weld right away. But the goal is for the kids to play welder or play Laura and Smudo or play Carpenter. <laughs> Yes. So that was finally like, yes, I think that's how they, how I can make myself understood. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. Really so we'll see. Very nice. good. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. So if you want to find, sorry, I, I got completely, <laughs> so I was about to start going into the topic again then. Uh, yeah. If you want to find the rest of us, you can find us on all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks or on YouTube as The Forge. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. <laughs> uh, and you can find us as a group uh, at FWT Podcast, uh, or just put Fools with Tools into Google. Uh, right, that's it. Laura, thank you so much for coming back on. It's thank always you, good fun. Thanks for um, having me. I'm always available. <laughs> that <laughs> and, is and not Twitter. true. <laughs> Huh? Um, so thank you, Smudo, for being on as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, that's it from us. So until next week, we will see you all again. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.